Roger, roger. Roger, roger. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Roger, roger. How's everybody doing? Woo, they can't reply. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they're speaking to me. I can feel it. Oh, like Dora uh, the Explorer? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. (laughs) Uh, As always, I'm Derek, and we have Charles here as well. Hello, everybody. This is Charles. Super excited to be talking on another episode of Roger, Roger. (laughs) Yes, and one, it's the first time we get to talk about something new. I know. Well, you know, the whole genesis for this show was us looking at uh, the all that huge announcement of all these TV series that were coming out. We got the Ahsoka show, the Obi Wan show, Bad Batch, uh, all these Andor, Andor, Acolyte, right, 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 right. So tons of these shows, and we were like, we got to. Like, get a show going so we can talk about these as they come out, be on the cutting edge of all these releases. It's very exciting, and I feel like that's finally starting right now on this episode, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is I'm this is the first time we got to talk about something new. Uh, we've been waiting for this for a while, since, you know, the Clone Wars, the, the Season 7, and now we finally get it. I know things were delayed for a while. I don't mm-hmm. blame them. Right. But um, it's it's good to have something brand new for you know, <laughs> yeah. the first time in a while. Yes, I know. We had Mandalorian Season 2, which was fun. But yeah. W- yeah. this feels like it's it's a new show, which we haven't had since Mandalorian way right. back. So I And it, it's on the cusp of, we've talked about this a bunch of times already, this next phase in Star Wars TV. So uh, it's setting a precedent, I think, for how they weave in the movies and the lore that we know to telling these new stories. And what a great way to get into it with the beginning of episode one here. It's called Aftermath. Yeah, the aftermath of the fall of the Republic. What a great place to start. We were talking about this on another episode, how this specific time period in the galaxy is... It's just one of the most interesting canon spots we could focus on. You know, the whole change of regime. I mean, it's the same ruler, but, you know, yeah. he's now the emperor. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's showing all his cards now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, for me, this time period is always so interesting because we never really got to see a lot of it. it it's like the switch flips from episode three to a new hope. And yeah. we haven't mm-hmm. really felt out. And that's what was so exciting about like the last season of the clone wars, because it was catching up to the movies. And all of a sudden it was like, we got new stories with these characters and it was going into this like wild unknown territory. And, and, and we get that with aftermath. It's really interesting. And I want to talk about, like right when it starts okay it sets the tone immediately it shows the clone wars logo oh and that was cool yeah Yeah. and then it's just like dissolves like it got thanos snapped and it's gone (laughs) and then we've got the bad batch right over it very similar styles but it's like a little more grungy a little more uh distressed as they would say in the fancy furniture world and yeah it's it's exciting and then it goes right into the like that narrator from clone wars i know i was so happy to hear him (laughs) 
He's the man. Yeah. He's like, as as everyone engages yeah. General Grievous <laughs> on the ship, we've got, uh, what's her name? Deep Papaloopy. Deep Papalaba. It's close. Oh, you did get it the second time. Yeah, yeah. It's Deep Papalaba. Um, yeah, but I just wanted to talk about that. It's not a title crawl this time. I guess it's just a logo. Right. But, um,. The way they transitioned like that, it shows, to me, it was like, hey, this is still the same team. I don't know if it's literally the same team. I'm sure there's creative people that have worked on the Clone Wars and this because the quality is there. Right. So, and it's like, hey, we know this is, you love the Clone Wars. This is going to be a real continuation of that story. We're not starting from scratch. This is not, it's new, but it's not completely new. Right. It's, you know, you, you know, you have the quality there and that's what I really like. It's a real sequel, basically. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's it, a cool transition. And they do see it physically. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And it's the way they do it too. Like Clone Wars started where they would play this fanfare and like this, not exactly the Star Wars theme, but still sounds enough mm-hmm. like it. Where it's like, but this was dead silence. It was almost like you heard like wind whooshing or something, or like an ominous tone or something. But yeah. there wasn't like a score. It wasn't the exciting fanfare that we got in Clone Wars, which Clone Wars was like the good old days. It was just going to war, business as usual. <laughs> like, well, for clones, the clones at least. Yeah, clones versus droids. You know, it's just like this never ending intergalactic battle where it never feels like this war could possibly end it's just so massive and then one day it just it just does and, and it's such a it's such a unique energy and vibe in in, in this, the world of star wars where it's like stuff is changing we're not sure if it's good or bad and we're not even sure what to what to do anymore and that's kind of what happens with uh with a clone troop force 99 <laughs> they they uh, they um they're looking around like well, this was our job was to we were like the yeah. the a team of clones and now we can't you know there's, there's no war anymore so what the heck do we do you know i thought that was very interesting yeah that was a cool side to see where they basically are trying to feel out what the new empire is they they went along with it they went on a mission and uh, not great for them. Yeah, but before we get too far into the story, I yeah. do want to bring up that we do get to witness Order sixty six again, which is always fun. Like that never gets old. It's like oh, oh it's always where was crazy. this? Like Order sixty six was like the sh- like this. It's so fun to be like, where was this person? Where was that person? It's like it's a moment in history that people all over the universe had a different perspective. And it kind of yeah. puts you into the timeline of the movies. So it's like, oh, here's where Bad Batch was when Order 66 happened. Here's where Deepa Balepo was. Deepa Balapa was. And yeah, it was it was exciting. It was... Uh, it was also a great way, like you said, it really gives you a perfect snapshot of where you are in the series. Yeah. You know, because you, mm-hmm. you remember that from Re- Revenge of the Sith so well that you get your timeline. Because I was wondering where we speculated a little before mm-hmm. where where is this going to start? 
and we got bam right there it's a perfect way to show without introducing you know some of our favorite characters that we've seen in the clone wars and you know the movies you didn't have to put in a huge drop a huge name reveal anything like that you put in order 66 you show exactly where you are you know the whole mindset of the galaxy you know the mindset of the troopers now it was yeah. it was a really good way to start yeah, starting right in the action, and they name dropped Obi Wan, General Grievous. Like, oh, Obi Wan is engaging Grievous on Upa. Right, but they, I meant, yeah, they had a name drop, but I, I was I right. They didn't, they didn't yeah. actually show him. Right, right, which was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. Yeah. You know, it's 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 building up this universe of characters, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's exciting, and we got to see Order sixty six. Um, our, oh, I guess we should mention that we're spoiling this whole. Uh, episode but that is what just it is episode one not just episode yeah two, yeah yeah i know episode two is aired by the time this episode drops but we're only talking about episode one and that is uh our and I just that's prefaces me saying r.i.p jedi master deepa balapa you know yeah um, you will be missed but in your last act of bravery was to save your your well at least tell your padawan caleb to to escape which um, Caleb escapes, and you get a little bit of of, of tension between mm-hmm. Hunter and Crosshair in these moments. You could tell Crosshair is like more affected by Order sixty six, whereas the other uh, yeah, clones affect them at all are not affected at all, right? Yeah. So, so it, I'm thinking we'll see Caleb again for sure. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. you got like. He, it's such an interesting piece. We got like a force user, a lightsaber user. Like we need more of those to keep this stuff kind of exciting. You know, like I, I love lightsabers. And when I'm watching Star Wars, I just want to see them. And the problem with this kind of time period is yeah. finding characters that can wield lightsabers. So Caleb to me is kind of like that. Hey, don't I don't know for- if we're going to see him every episode, though. I can't imagine we do right i'm not who's to say but at least he's another piece in the puzzle right there were jedi that escaped and padawans that escaped and there's lots of potential out there in the universe for rogue padawans and jedi masters and everything like that which is exciting and that's what i'm looking for i know you know caleb's going to be a new cool character i'm sure but i want to know some of the other knights and masters that are out there what were they doing before they got hunted down Mm-hmm. Yeah, I to me Order 66 is so interesting because it's affected everyone differently but also it all happened at the same time. So it's like what what were all these characters up to? And we got to see it with with uh the bad batch and I thought it, it was very exciting. I was like this is cool. I, I, another side to Order 66. <laughs> yeah, clones that actually were questioning it, which you don't see a lot. Right, yeah. right. And you have Hunter trying to connect with this Padawan, and the Padawan, of course, is not trusting any clones because they're all clones, right? So it's like, no, you killed her, like, you being all clones. All clones, but, right. but Hunter is not like other clones, and the rest of the tr- of, of the Bad the Batch bad is bad, not yeah. like other clones. But it kind of sets this, I guess you would call it, prejudice? Well, he did get shot at by... Um, crosshair yeah right so he, he's even skeptical of them now yeah and rightfully so i mean obviously the clone army has has flipped and you can't trust anyone that was once part of the clone army i don't blame caleb at all but to me it's such this precedent of maybe this 
prejudice that we're going to see about like oh all clones are the same kind of mentality yeah and i feel like a huge part of the bad batch is to try and figure out like oh what makes you different is what makes you unique and what makes you you like that kind of stuff so yeah you could definitely see some underlying themes that might expand throughout the show like you said um because even the clones are prejudiced against the other clones you know they didn't like the bad batch they called them defective stuff like that yeah and then even in the clone wars i remember a couple of arcs that that went into this further oh yeah all the clones are the same they're all brothers but each clone has a different personality a different they're all different people yeah that's something that they explored then and now i think there's a way to expand on that now and that could be a really cool running theme in the show i'd love to see where that goes yeah me too and you also see it like where in the clone wars a lot of clones had like their own code names and they had like flair on their armor and like mm-hmm. custom skins and all that and uh now it's all white we get like this early phase of the stormtroopers yeah. where it's clone trooper like modeled like shaped armor but it's all white with the black and the joints so it's like really cool to see that but it, yeah, it's the, already like transition of armor right and it's the washing away of the identities the individual identities of the clones which yeah, into stormtroopers, just storm that troopers, faceless, right. you know, like uh, Crosshair at the very end, I think had a stormtrooper helmet, wasn't even clone trooper anymore. They, right. I think that was the first change. And that's, you know, just a, well, it shows you where the whole story is going to go. Right, exactly. And that to me is a really fascinating part of this is to see the transition happening right before our eyes, almost like in the backdrop of this other story of the Bad Batch, like the movies are trudging along in the background. And and these clones are just trying to exist in this chaotic changing time. And you you can see how sorely they stick out in these moments like not only just physically but they're behaving completely differently and they're like even just standing next to their fellow clone troopers they're they're standing out and they're having a hard time following these orders and you get the sense that hunter is this he's like our textbook good guy you know he lies about uh he lies about what's his name caleb saying he fell to his death, even though Caleb just was like, I don't trust you, get away from me. Uh, Hunter still tries to be, you know, take the good side. Yeah, and didn't feel right to him. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it's it's the beginning of this personality for Hunter. And even when Crosshair is, is pushing back on him, he's like, what is going on with you? Like, we're, we're, we're doing yeah. the right thing. And it's like, are we the only ones who... Are, are questioning this and that this is before they learned about the inhibitor chip. Yeah. I'm surprised. That's one thing I was surprised about that. They didn't realize that crosshairs was affecting him more than anybody else. You know, I know Omega alluded to that a little bit, but everybody else is, you know, these are some of the smartest clones out there. You would think that was, they would have picked up on that a little sooner. I don't even know if they really picked on up, picked it up by the end, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's it, it was explicitly mentioned by Tech, I believe, or no um Yeah, Tech mentioned it. Yeah, Tech mentioned it. So it was interesting to see them come to that realization 
and it's interesting to see them like go back to Kamino and be like something's wrong here and and you know a clone like drops a lightsaber and it rolls on the floor and they're like that's bizarre and but like the war's over like Grievous has been defeated right so why aren't they celebrating it's such an interesting energy that this show created and it's so how i would envision <laughs> this actual transition period to go i just to get it from the clone's perspective on camino is is really interesting yeah that it's an interesting spot to have this a lot of this episode the first episode take place because this is a huge i mean camino is so removed from the galaxy physically but this is really the heart of this story right now and what's happening on Camino is really going to affect the galaxy as a whole, you know? Right. And it, it brings in all of these themes. Uh, we, we get one, you know, when Crosshair and Hunter are having one of their first debates and Crosshair says something like, Oh, an order is an order. And that is, the beginning of what I imagine to be one of the running themes in this, because the em- they're always saying like, "Oh, we are bringing peace and prosperity to the empire, and uh, we're, we're f- like we're forming a new galactic empire, and everything's going to be really great now, and everyone's cheering, and oh, we're following orders to to serve the emperor and." Right. and the bad batch are the ones looking at each other, being like, "Is this the right thing to do, though?" And that I just that's to me is where I the whole what the show is building towards like their quote the morality defective. of yeah. yeah yeah the morality of following orders and when to you know stick to your intuition or do the right thing even though what your orders right against you. that right. yeah exactly yeah I can envision an episode down the line where they have to I'm I'm my guess is that by the end of the first season probably even before the very end of the first season uh they're gonna get crosshair back on their side and that the him overcoming the inhibitor chip through you know maybe a heated discussion with you know after a fight of course but a heated discussion with hunter about think about what you're really doing you know is this really your choice is the hunter we know you know, he was a good soldier. He followed orders, but this isn't an order you should be following. And I, I can see that. You know, I think you're definitely right. This the, yeah. the theme of uh, the morality of, um, I guess, following orders, the morality of war, stuff like that, is going to continue on through this. Yeah, show I, sure. I can see them having a debate like that. The current members of the Bad Batch being like, should we, air quotes, save Crosshair, right? Because or, right. Because like they'll be like, oh well, he made all those horrible decisions. He was shooting at us, yada yada yada, and and it's like, well, his inhibitor chip was was juiced up. You know, when they find that out, and when they make these connections, that it might be that Crosshair was hacked and reprogrammed. Are they going to feel obligated to save him? And and that's an interesting theme to go on of like they took his free will do, do clones even have free will like all this all these things and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll see where that goes but we do get some exciting moments that alluded to uh that allude to 
episode three, we get a the uh, yeah. we get this moment where it's like uh, this the attack on my life has left me scarred and disfigured. Yeah. <laughs> that, it was ac- and I think it was actual <laughs> audio from the movie too. Oh yeah, I don't think it. Yeah, it wasn't the Palpatine uh, voice actor doing that bit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think it sounded. It was I, at least I, a I verbatim. It, yeah. it was at least a verbatim. Uh, uh, like they said the same stuff. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Like that's that's the same script from the movie, which is For very sure. exciting. Another one of those pieces that puts you in the timeline, right? It just kind of reminds you where you are in the story, and it's kind of fun to get those like episode three yeah lining it up with what you know is going you know going to happen on mustafar and what's happening on coruscant right now that's a really interesting you know now we know where anakin is and what the what he's doing and you know that seeing a whole nother side of the galaxy during these events is really cool that's something i really like about this and i think we're going to continue seeing it um, for the next couple of episodes, at least, until we get a little further past episode three. And right. I think we will. I think the timeline of this show is going to be pretty lengthy. You know, they might do some time jumps or not, maybe not a huge time jump, but well into um, the Empire's reign, I think. Oh, we'll see. I can't imagine them like rapid aging these characters. But No, I mean like a year. You know, I, I, I don't think it's going to take because episode three took place in what, a couple of days, you know, the I'm whole, not sure the, it was quick. Yeah. Though. But so I think this is going to be longer than that. I think this is going to go into, you know, th- when the Empire further into the Empire, when the galaxy is really the Empire and not just a transition period. It's that's gonna, my guess. Yeah. And it, it's going to be fun to track it. That That's another rewarding mm-hmm. thing about, you know, being a Star Wars fan. You, you can just enjoy this story for what it is and watch it and not get the references and still have a really good time. But yeah. to be able to follow along with the memes and the movies and knowing where you are in the t- extended world is a lot of fun. It, I, I was basically, are you familiar with that? Leonardo DiCaprio meme from um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's like holding the popcorn and he's pointing like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm bas- that was basically <laughs> me when he said when Palpatine said this attack on his attempt on his life left him scarred and disfigured. I was like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I recognize that. <laughs> right. No, I mean we're gonna see that's like I you know we talked about this on our pitching episode. Leaving clues. I mean these aren't clues. They're overt. You know, um, nods to the rest of the series. Uh, or franchise, I guess, but leaving clues for people to pick up on is something I love. And when we keep seeing, and I, I know m- most fans love this, but you see something that went down in a movie in the background, or you see something, you know, direct quotes from a movie, it's as o- it's always a great time. Absolutely. And speaking of great time, we are introduced finally to Omega. She was yeah. teased during the Palpatine speech. But we don't actually get a scene with her until right afterwards. And she is a fan of the Bad Batch. She knows all their names and is like, oh, I think you guys are super cool and all that. And they're like, really? You think we're cool? Most people don't. They think we're weirdos. And then the Kaminoan is like, (laughs) oh, Omega is my, again, air quote, she's my medical assistant. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Like, medical assistant, give me a break. What is she really? We haven't quite figured it out yet. And 
it's also I noticed a couple of things that I want to mention. Well, oh yeah, I didn't yeah. know we were going to talk to uh, talk Omega that quickly, but um, well, she keep, keep. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think like being introduced to Omega at this time is interesting, and then I also like another part of me wants to talk about the Kaminoans. Uh, I guess like little. Um, they're part in the story, right? Because they're playing along with the empire but whose side are they on are they going to roll with the empire or are they going to like well, I think try and support their rebellion on the side yeah i mean we don't see a kimono a Kaminoan in episode four so they went somewhere but between well, three and four maybe not maybe the empire could just forget about them leave them to their own devices because they're out they're way outside of the galaxy they're well right. not literally but they're Actually, it might be literally. They are either on the very edge or like, I believe, what are they, in the Rishi Maze? And that's like a little <laughs> above the galactic plane. They were removed from geography. the archives. Yeah. <laughs> the Dex note. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so speaking of an o- o- Omega, a lot of things about Omega. All right. First, first female clone. That's, you know, why? That's <laughs> going to be something that they dive into. Mm-hmm. Um I always I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the other episode, but so I thought Omega was going to be she was the last clone, you know, right. Alpha and Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's not the case because they have other clones being um, grown right now that they were showing. Um, I guess it's not Grand Moff Tarkin yet. He's Admiral Tarkin. Right. Something like that. So that was I guess I was wrong on that front. But here's something I noticed. Um, Omega seems to mimic other clones movements and tendencies at specific times in the episode is it just hunter or i don't think it was just hunter i believe i i tried to find it again but i'm pretty sure i saw her mimic wreckers action and um crosshairs action because there's one instance where she like is literally following Hunter and does like the same hand signals and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the weird thing about that is that it's at the same exact time. It's oh. not a delay. Here's something else interesting. She knew to yeah. get the doll for Wrecker. Now that you make me think of it, mm-hmm. I, I was like, how did she know that that was what Wrecker was looking for and that that belonged to Wrecker and that she he was looking also, for it? She could also sense crosshair was going to do something bad before it happened and she she was was able able to to shoot like a a amazing shot like yeah like crosshair i think she's she either has some sort of clone esp that she can pick up the feelings of other clones or mimic their abilities a little bit Mm. or maybe uh she can use the force interesting i now that you mention it, because I knew she was always just copying, I just thought that was part of like what kids do. They try and model their That's behavior That's what I thought after. at first, but it was more than just Hunter. Yeah, but you're right, because she does so many suspicious things that are, yeah. are like, not suspicious, but things that are that are clues, like grabbing Hunter's, um, grabbing uh, Hunter's doll, a uh, Wrecker's doll, and... Hunter like, might have a doll. We, we have, yeah, just haven't maybe. Seen it. And <laughs> getting that perfect shot on crosshair. Yeah. And 
I'm trying. So to, I don't know. Yeah, to there, think there of was, she does any tech stuff, but you know, I don't think the so. show is still in its infancy. But yeah. it's you're right. There, there's some there's clues there, and what does that mean? Is she like an empath or? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I I didn't watch that specific part again, but I wanted to see if I don't think there was a delay on her actions following Hunter. I think it was literally as he was doing it, she was already doing it. So that's like oh, she can at link sometimes with I know there were sometimes she was looking at him and doing stuff, but you know it's worth a rewatch. It's worth yeah. a looking at it a little bit more closely. Yeah, but I think that's going to be a really cool way something's going to play out. Oh, if okay. she has her own enhanced abilities, or if she's a force user, because we've never seen a clone force user before, and I that's think right. that's something that goes down in um, Legends a lot. Not a lot, but there's a whole thing about who can use the Force and who can't. And I believe clones, any race of clones, can't. And that's why Palpatine, later on, way later on, like in uh, the sequel trilogy time, but in Legends, (laughs) he was having trouble finding a host for his Sith spirit. So he would... I think that he would burn through clones way too quickly. Because he would... The, the amount of power he has would just like tear up a normal body, something like that. Interesting. So seeing a, a clone that can actually do this has like, if it's the force, I might just be some sort of ESP or something. Um, but seeing a clone that can use the force well has huge implications for like, there's so many ways they could take this. Like, expand the sequel trilogy maybe palpatine's not dead again or do maybe you could do something before that there's a lot you could work with if a clone could use the force yeah and it would make sense why she's serving directly with the keminoan and is a medical assistant because it's like oh you'll put her near the patient and through her empath she will instinctively know like what's wrong and what to do and Meanwhile, we can have her, we can test her for whatever it is we're trying to achieve. Yeah, which is like, what are they trying to achieve? Well, like I said, if it was a Force-using clone, if you could breed Force users like that, or not breed, but clone Force, it was the opposite of breed, really. If you could clone Force users like that, you can create a whole new army. Maybe that was Palpatine's original Or if it was like, look, when we made these bad batch characters we had to like pick an attribute to enhance but now we have a character where we can like the like this this clone can change its adjust its oh that's cool too yeah because it's not just like okay this is the strong guy and then this is the smart guy and then this is the sharpshooter guy it's like here's a guy that or girl in this case that can change that can flow between the spectrum of all the specialties. And that's why her name is Omega, because she can she's like the last model the last of the of clone. enhanced right. clone. Because this is an enhanced clone that can enhance whatever they need to at the time. And that's why it's Omega, because it's like, okay, well, this is the this is the version that can be anything. <laughs> right. It's the final product of the experiment. Right, right. That's my working theory we'll see how it pans out no that's really interesting i didn't think of that one i was trying to you know spitball ideas about (laughs) omega but that was that's a really good one that's probably closer because force using clone seems a bit too uh op really because you raised the question it's like her name's omega which we can infer means means something yeah and it's like last of what she's not the last clone 
because they're still making clones like you correctly pointed out so to me it's like maybe she's the last enhanced clone and the reason she's the last is because she could be anything like after she's made after she's cloned she can adjust her abilities so and i think we're going to see more of her i you know who knows if it's a maternal figure but the the lady kaminoan Oh yeah, 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 that, yeah. That uh, spoke to the prime minister a few times. Right. And I believe her name is Nala Say. There you go. She actually let you know the Bad Batch go too. You know, with that uh, remote control override, right? The, the pod bay doors, how? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think there's going to be something on there, and I want to see what the Kaminoans plot yeah, I, is. Yeah, they I like to think that they too. have an agenda that we're not aware of. Um, yep, for sure. It's like, why make Omega in the first place and then let her go? And then... Yeah, yeah, especially if it wasn't under Palpatine's orders. Yeah, I'm sure they were taken by surprise with Order 66 mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden Grand Moff Tarkin's at your doorstep. You're like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, actually, I'm reading this thing on the Star Wars website. It's Admiral Tarkin at this time. Oh, I, I was so I was right. Okay. Yeah. So he's not Grand Moff yet, because I guess they don't have that structure set up. Right. It's still the early days of the Empire, and I don't know. Disney Star Wars just loves Tarkin for some reason. <laughs> he's coming back constantly. They just yeah, love bringing him back. <laughs> I mean, he's a huge figure. So yeah, he's recognizable it is an without it's an being. Pick, though. Yeah, he's recognizable without being like a main character that would like Han Solo or Chewbacca or Darth yeah, Vader or something. He's like a recognizable character that you can pull into any moment in history. It's like, isn't Han Solo like off flying the Millennium Falcon somewhere? Why would he be on Camino? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's solid. I like him. He's got a cool uh, demeanor to him. I like him. I mean, I don't like him. He's an evil madman. But I like his, um, I guess just his, I don't know, his uh, je ne sais quoi. (laughs) He, you know, he, yeah, especially, you know, on the Death Star 2 in uh, in, uh, A New Hope where he's, you know, talking to Vader and choking out a guy and he's still just cool. Right. (laughs) Because I guess he's been used to all of this stuff even since... You know, the early days of the Republic. He's probably seen some crazy stuff. That's true. Yeah, it would be interesting to, to get like a, like stick to the perspective, to stick to his perspective and see where the story goes. But it would probably just be boring. It's just like a bureaucratic guy rising the ranks. and Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess he's an actor. He's probably seen some action in the Clone yeah. Wars. He, he's um, been in some really interesting war rooms part of some really interesting discussions i'm sure yeah but they could skip the tarkin show <laughs> i'm fine with that too <laughs> because we got a food fight to talk about and now you have me thinking about all these connections it's like was she channeling wrecker in these moments when oh, she threw the yes, burrito definitely or whatever right. it was the space burrito i didn't think of that <laughs> one that's even better yeah i there's something to that um and you're right she was probably channeling wrecker a little bit yeah because there's that there's that shot where wrecker's behind her launching like a food tray and she's armed with a burrito and that's kind of like mimicking behavior right there yeah it even it could have been the same type of throw i didn't i didn't catch that one yeah like this behind the back and then forwards uh you know over the shoulder i Uh, wonder if it has to do with maybe like touching their arm or something 
do who knows who knows yeah i, I might rewatch and look out for a couple of more of these because there's definitely something like that going on yes for sure yeah. for sure it's interesting and you you get these mo- like I, i'm not crazy about food fight scenes and movies like but <laughs> that's just i guess that's just a me thing but uh it, there was something a little odd about the the scene yeah. It was, oh no, not that one. Actually, the uh, I'll, I'll mention this later. But yeah, no, the food fight was. It's for it's it's also a show that's supposed to be entertaining for right. kids too, and kids love food fights. So um, yeah, and but you know, speaking of things yeah. for kids, in one of our past episodes, I've mentioned I was a little skeptical about Wrecker. I thought he was going to be just mm. a um, comic relief. Let's crash, you know. Like, <laughs> and he's growing on me. I'm a Wrecker fan. I know you compared him yeah. to Knuckles from Sonic Boom. I know, and I couldn't have been more wrong. So <laughs> I retract that statement. And uh, yeah, no, he's not a t- just a one-dimensional character, which I thought he was going to be. Just Kalmuk relief, no point. He's actually a fun character, and you know, he's like i should have guessed this because the writing on these shows are so good he's a clone he has his own personality he has his own entire life you know yeah. he's not just they're not just going to throw in a one-dimensional character especially for a show about how look at all these different people they might be the same but everybody has their own their own thing going on and i should have ex- i should have really expected that right right and it's or gave them the benefit of the doubt i guess is a better way to put it yeah, I, I I don't think you are that off base with your concerns though. It's it's so easy when you have like an A team like cast to to have them typecasted and have their personalities casted to it. And record sure he does have a bit of that just like grunt personality where he's like doesn't come off as very educated or eloquent or anything like that but he does he is very charming and he does have a lot of personality and he's very sensitive as well and so that helps round him out a bit and i think he's funny he he's definitely one of yeah, the standout personalities he he's he's uh funny and i enjoy that about him and i think like a lot of fans uh, of all ages can appreciate that too do you have a favorite member of the Bad Batch yet? Oh man, it's pretty early to tell. Um, I mean, Wrecker is just obviously a fan favorite. I I think because of his he's funny and he's he's kind of just like well you know Tech is trying to hack into the thing or whatever and he's just like oh I'll just rip it off <laughs> I'll just charge <laughs> in and you're like yeah okay I can get behind that and you know the the Tech guy thing is fun but it's not for me usually so yeah I, i'd say wrecker or hunter the, the, but hunter's like so classic hero that you're like hunter's a little too and he's not by the book because that's the whole thing bad batch they're not by the book mm-hmm. but he's very like i'm the hero by the book so yes. i'd like to see a little more character development out of hunter um but right now i say I, I really like Echo. I liked his whole arc in basically what most of the Clone Wars he would pop up in. 
and uh, his final arc when he turned into Bad Batch Echo. So, I mean, writing-wise and, like, real character, I think Echo's my favorite. But right now, I like watching Wrecker the most. I mean, Echo. I think I think I said Echo. Yeah, <laughs> But I like did. watching, yeah, I like watching Wrecker the most right the now. Ecker, Echo definitely has the most interesting... You just said Ecker. You almost did Ecker. <laughs> Echo. We're combining the names. <laughs> Ecker. No, Echo has... The most interesting story and that oh, arc sure. in the Clone Wars where he was going through all of that was really interesting. And watching him overcome that and then actually embracing that part of his identity now by joining the Bad Batch was really fun to watch in the last Clone Wars season. And and now that we're here, I think he's he's trying to stand out, but he doesn't really get a lot of the arc treatments. You know, Hunter's kind of taking on the the main role in this show and that's totally fine it's just um like you said i I would want to see some more uh uh, more spectrum in his personality as well other than noble hero making the perfect choice every time you know yeah i think we will though like i said i gotta give everybody the benefit of the doubt because every time i don't i'm proven wrong (laughs) yeah Yeah, i don't think we'll be disappointed either way i'm sure there'll be something interesting going on because i feel like he's gonna have to deal i mean he's the leader so he's gonna have to deal with a lot of this morality stuff you know soon you know they're gonna come after him they're gonna i wonder who they're going to who they're gonna involve next in the second episode I know there's a lot of potential. I know you guys know because you already watched <laughs> yeah, it. But I'm it's out. Watch already. it after we record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely give that a watch. It's uh, yeah. so. I mean, where did we leave off in the story? We did the food fight. Food I, fight. I guess that gets us to the training facility. The training facility with Grandma, uh, not Grandma, Admiral Tarkin. Admiral, yeah. We gotta get that straight. Uh, where he switches to live rounds, yeah, which is uh, that, like, see, that's kind a Tarkin of a, move, yeah. man. That's a Tarkin move. Yeah, which is not cool. But he, and then the Kaminoans are like, "But I protest. Like, Come on, it's man. Like, he's something like, this. I have to protest. You're gonna damage all of my equipment and stuff." And yeah. he's like, "You'll for which you'll be compensated." You know, it's like, again, oh, uh, what a what a classy move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're everything like, he does is so cool and collected, even though it's evil. Yeah. So so. They're like, okay, let's shoot people, and they turn <laughs> they turn the guns on, and uh, without even giving uh, the bad batch a warning. Yeah, not even a gentlemanly Just, no. heads up. You know, it was very cowardly. But they rose above. Uh, Tecker hacked one of them and shot a bunch of them down, and it was it was fun. It was definitely some of the most action we got out of this out of this episode, besides Order sixty six and the food fight. So. It was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, and it was interesting action, too, because they actually, you know, I think those were, I don't know if those were, like, first-gen dark troopers or something that they went up uh, up against, and they went up against a lot of them, too. They sure did, and... Yeah. Hey, I, actually, they can't be dark troopers, because uh, we, I, I won't go into spoilers for a different show, so forget it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean that it was a fun fight, and you actually got to see more of you know the early Order sixty six and fighting the droids. You got to see the Bad Batch doing some cool stuff, but here it was like this is what the Bad Batch does, and it's what they do best. And you actually got to see you know their improvisational right. fighting style, and it was fun. Yeah, it was. And this is another thing we have to ask ourselves is. Is because now the Bad Batch has the attention of Admiral Tarkin, right? And Admiral Tarkin is there 
to gauge if it is still worth investing in clones versus like open enlistment uh, to the public instead. And he's interested in these enhanced clones, I guess is what they're mm-hmm. what they're calling it. And he's trying to make it so that they can be fully obedient while also being enhanced. And that's right, why he's just, there. Yeah. And that's why they sent Omega away, I'm feeling. Because I think Omega is what he wants. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the end of the product line that he is looking for. And I think this really plays out into a bigger story. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of connections with new um, media coming out, maybe some ways to incorporate old uh, EU books into this because um, in the EU and Legends, Palpatine's like quest for uh, clone technology that he could use and then into the Dark Trooper program, which we saw a little bit of in a different format. So they changed some stuff. But I think this will be a running theme in Star Wars for the foreseeable future is weaponizing clones in new ways and i think this is she might be the omega but i think we're going to see more of stuff like this i agree and it all will play into this mystery of how does all this come together what's omega's history like what's gonna throw her into the spotlight because we know it's coming yeah and i think we'll i don't know if we'll see her in other media but we might because I really think that Disney is doing something similar to what they did with Marvel. They're going to connect all of these things in new and interesting ways. Maybe not super overtly, but there is going to be more of a thread between all of the Star Wars projects. Hmm. I can see it happening, especially if some of these themes are going the way I am guessing they're going. It'd be really interesting to say. For sure, yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I mean, I and think we got... know they're good at that. You know, they can make a giant cinematic universe the best there's ever been. Star Wars is perfect for that. I agree exactly, and we still have. I think there's like 16 episodes in this season. Yeah, so. and this is basically. I thought it was gonna. The next episode would be episode four. That this would count as three episodes like the original uh, i think clone wars started this way too three episodes that ended up being separated when you watch them on tv but here this is all one episode we still get 15 more that's that's great yes yes exactly so i'm super interested in seeing where this is going but we gotta stick with the script here and that takes us to i guess this Tarkin is, I guess, testing their loyalty by sending them to Onderon, is that right? That's the name of the planet? To eliminate insurgents. That's the order. And this is the kind of the beginning of what it means to be ruled by the Empire, right? right? They're thinking they're going to shoot more droids, business as usual. And then they realize it's living beings and then it gets really real for them at that point they're like oh this is actually not the same war anymore and it's like not the same boss anymore like we're clearly in in trouble now yeah and not even like you said it's not even just they're living beings it's mostly civilians there there's a couple of ex 
mm-hmm. military guys. There's a couple of um, resistance fighters and stuff. But there's old people, children, just normal civilians. And that really threw them off guard. Yes, yes. And it, it definitely got real because it's it's serious now. I mean, they were ordered to kill civilians, essentially. Yeah. And they decided that they weren't going to do it, except for Crosshair, who's like, what are you guys doing? And it becomes clear in those moments that there might not be much turning back for Crosshair. But a shout out to Saw Gerrera, who makes an appearance in this, yeah. in these moments as one of the leaders of this soon to be rebellion. <laughs> yeah, he was there since the beginning. You know, he had uh, a, his time to shine on Onderon during the Clone Wars. That was a good arc too. Um mm-hmm. where they liberate the city. But now he's really one of the founding members of the rebellion. Yeah, and he gets his time to shine the in Rogue One as well. Yeah, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he's he's great in that. I really like him. Right, right. So it's interesting to to, to see him pop up here, and, it, and it's fun that we get to draw on the expanded cast of characters and like add these more moments to them and. And get some more established canon for these characters. It makes the world that much more fun. So I appreciate it. Another Leonardo DiCaprio moment of like, oh, <laughs> oh, Lawrence Fishburne from yeah. Rogue One. That's him. <laughs> and what I liked about his appearance here is because you, we saw his real or not origin story, but you know what I mean. His first appearance in media in uh, the Clone Wars. And now here you see him. Again, back in the fight, doing this, it kind of shows you how he turned into like the crazy yeah. uh, Saul Guerrero we see in uh, Rogue One. Yes. You know, you're like, man, this guy—he's been in fighting the good fight for literally his entire life. It's, oh, and, yeah. And right, he—I he, um, believe the resistance and um, the rebel—excuse me, the rebellion—and him split off because he got too extreme, stuff like that. And you could see why. You, he put he got pushed to that. He lost, you know. You lose it after fight doing this your entire life. And yeah, and he was there from real, the beginning. Yeah. You know, he's like, we're going to start a rebellion soon. It will be civil war. You know, like yeah. he's he's. This was like moments after Order sixty six. They're they're all in this, and yeah, you got to give him respect for literally like fighting on the front lines on the weaker side by a huge margin <laughs> like yeah. fighting on the front lines as the underdog for his entire life and getting right up to the point where new hope starts <laughs> you know like so he didn't yeah. even like he was in the worst of it though and lived his whole life in it and never got to see the fruits of his labor really yeah, and never you know, got that... to see the aftermath dare we say oh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, that's one of my that was one of my favorite things about this episode because when you see him in uh, Rogue One, you hear extremist, you always get its bad connotation, and this is you know another point of the morality of war, the morality of taking orders. It kind of expands on that, just like this. We see the end result of Saul Guerrero, and this is another glimpse into how he got to that like crazy. old guy and it's just fascinating to see more in-depth um 
characterization basically of stuff that's why i want to see more of hunter more of tarkin more stuff like you know that's a really uh, a thing that star wars never really hit on super hard but lately under new management basically that's a part of star wars that is kind of getting a little more attention i really like that yeah i i agree and this is such a great setting and time period in which to be doing that so Sagar is just the beginning of what I expect to see as this. We get six, 15 more episodes after this. So, yeah. so super interested. Um, so, yeah, we get the falling out with Crosshair. Uh, they have this debate. Crosshair's like, you're disobeying orders. That's what we've always done as clones. Follow orders. And and then Hunter's like, like I'm not killing civilians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's And... So now they're all of a sudden they they feel at odds for the first time maybe right you know? and and then they make the realization that Omega is one of them and they decide that they're going to rescue her I suppose from the grips of the Empire yeah that's and it's interesting that. Crosshair didn't. I guess he was thinking a little far ahead, because uh, earlier they mentioned that he actually sent in a report. Right. That you know. Right. So he could have stopped them, or at least tried to, if he was really under you know the emperor's influence. But he laid back a little and let them get to Camino. So you know, I obviously he wasn't thinking it intentionally, but maybe it had something to do with the chip. He was playing the long game there. And he got the reinforcements he needed, basically, to flip the whole thing on them. You're having me realize something else. I'm having all these realizations. When they're in jail, they're in the brig, Mm -hmm. right? They go to rescue Omega, and they get arrested for treason. There's a scene where Omega sits next to Crosshair and is like, I know what you're going to do, but please don't do it. And she says, I know it's not... It's like, um, what'd you say? It's not up to you, or you're you're out of control, something like that. And she doesn't blame him, but she could sense it. See? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's sensing. I I don't think she's yeah. force. Like, maybe they're like a force sensitive clone, but who well, knows? it could just be like maybe again, sense is the wrong word because that's usually a force thing. But maybe it's like an ESP empath thing, or she can take on the trait like you said i think you might be closer where you said she can like switch to a different specialty and since she is she might need a template to use right and since she was next to crosshair she could switch to that specialty but also maybe get some of his thoughts or emotions something like that with them right she might be just very empathetic and part of being empathetic to her is getting a sense of their emotions and their behavior and also their ability or she was in the med bay learning maybe she just maybe we're way overthinking this and she just knew clones had inhibitor chips and she could easily tell he was one that was being um controlled that, but I also think that puts her in, like, she can sense what's wrong in other clones. Like, oh, this yeah. clone is hurting in their stomach, and this one's hurting in their, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. um, they were kind of workshopping her abilities in those moments. And I have a feeling that she can 
empathetically pick up traits and part of that means actually channeling their emotions and and, and behaviors as well or abilities right right mm-hmm. so that to me is where i think it's going but we'll see in the meanwhile we need to intensify crosshairs programming <laughs> it's almost like a crime thing where it's like enhance the image <laughs> yeah i'm like okay just shoot lasers just at in, his head yeah just intensify <laughs> the programming by shooting lasers at his, at his if temple. anything wouldn't you send out a new signal to just increase the signal what know? does it mean to intensify oh, a program I, there were, yeah i mean the writing is pretty good for this show but there were a couple of things that was a little silly um also it wouldn't be a brig on Camino, and Ad- admiral tarkin would definitely know that i think because it would be it's not a ship you only have a brig on a ship and Camino is not a ship right right and admiral tarkin would know that or he's just so used to saying throw them in the brig because he's uh, a lunatic and yeah, well it's how they escaped destroyer. right they're like this wasn't meant to be a prison yeah. we'll just pull back the shoddy welding and escape and uh that's how they do get freed from the, the from their prison right. and that leads to the standoff between intensified programming crosshair versus the rest of the squad in his new decked out armor too right look like dark trooper armor from uh battlefront 2 the old one that it looked just like that um so i'm not sure what the real classification of that is like is that now stormtrooper armor is that but you know he definitely has his own new look to him and that's uh that's pretty cool the character designs for the show and the armor design the the new weapon design it's all it's on point great. it's really yeah, good it looks, yeah looks no the show looks great and even compared to the clone wars it, it, yeah so you notch even higher than that and it's got a different wild the vibe same style too. though yeah it's yeah. the same style but they managed to achieve a different vibe a much more like unsure unsettling yeah. just like the logo Yep. Brings back to that. It yeah, was exactly. a perfect way to introduce this show. Exactly. It really was. Yeah, the whole show kind of lives up to that tone. And it's something I really en- really enjoyed about the Bad Batch, especially compared to the Clone Wars. And, I mean, right off the bat, we have a member of the team flipping. It, yes, it I was. I didn't expect that at Yeah, all. me neither. I, I, it, it was interesting. Although... I will ad- admit there were spoilers, like there were articles published about like leak spoiler about mm. about Bad Batch, and it was like a lot of toy descriptions being like, "Oh, Crosshair, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta look out for him," and 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 so I did catch wind of some of that, but it was I, I it didn't ruin the it, it, yeah, that's good. It, I mean, it didn't ruin the experience any. I was still like, man, they went for it right in the first episode. Like, I like it. No, that's great. I thought it was cool. I mean, you could kind of tell that where it was, what, around maybe 45 minutes in, you can kind of see, oh, he might flip. So I wasn't surprised when it happened. I mean, yeah, he know? shot at that Padawan. It's right. like, oh, boy, this guy yeah. is going to be trouble. But, <laughs> but um, to the extent just the, Right. Or just the concept that they would do that in the first episode totally took me off guard. I did not think, Star, you know, Disney Star Wars was going to do that. And I'm, you know. They're on, they're they're killing it with their shows recently. Yeah, I think they're doing mm-hmm. great. I think Star Wars is creatively finally like getting itself together and yeah. distancing it, itself from the tight confinement of having to write within yeah. the movie timeline. And, and this now is they're an interesting just way. branching yeah. out. But uh, it's branching out while like 
staying in such a small right. window. It's it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives and, us an in-depth snapshot of time that we are curious about from the movies, which that's been overlooked for the most part, like you said. Right. It's, oh, it's exciting. Um, not we're getting towards the end here. Nala say, like you said earlier in the episode, Derek, secretly overrides the controls to open the open the uh, bay doors. The, yeah. So my question here is: Does she do that because the Kaminoans have some something up their sleeve? They're thinking about stuff, or do they want to stop the Emperor from getting the Bad Batch and Omega because that's where their clone secrets are, or is it just motherly love for Omega from Nal Nalase? Nalase. I think it's all of it. I think. You think? Yeah. Okay. I think she's realizing that their clone enhancements are going to fall into the wrong hands with Tarkin right. and the Empire, and she's letting them go both out of love and out of doing the right thing by keeping that technology. Well, I'll call it technology, even though they're like living things, yeah. <laughs> sentient beings. Uh, well, as uh, Tex said, Echo is more technology yeah, he's man. a reg yeah <laughs> that's also true <laughs> they do have that good discussion so i i think it's both i think they're trying to play both sides right now i think they're scared for their lives which is why they're doing they're smart, what tarkin you know. says yeah but when they can they do these little things to try right. and take these moments to do the right thing when they can and and over time maybe they can make the world a better place so i think this is one of those really bold so moments. you th- that's interesting. I never saw the Kaminoans as um, trying to help anybody. I would think as more of a yeah, I get like Switzerland vibes type too. Of thing. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, look, we just wanna um, we stay just wanna... far away from you guys in the Rishi maze and do right. our own thing. But I think they can't now. I Tarkin's no, at their no. front door. It's like, oh man, yeah. we're involved in this now, and they're choosing to they're deep in it. Get the technology out get that hope out like i think omega is this again star wars is always about hope and i and i think by letting omega out into the world she's like okay hope this works better than keeping her here and getting discovered by tarkin yeah that's fair and i think i mean kaminoans are not the most expression full race yeah they're but like do don't think, say anything <laughs> yeah. like keep but it under I, no but also <laughs> like their their visage doesn't move at all you know they just blink maybe um but i do think i was getting that vibe from nala say that she there was a bond between her and omega it wasn't just it i mean it not saying it wasn't just like to save her um, or to get her away from the empire. I think it was also because there's a bond between them. I think maybe we'll see more of that later down the line. I mean, she kept Omega close to her all this time. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Somewhat. And she's, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but that's kind of where this takes us. They get into space and, you know, she's all excited about space. Yeah. We get to see hype. We get to see warp speed and, Mm -hmm. uh, that brings us to the credits. That brings us to the end. Surprised she was staring right into the uh, the hyperspace tunnel because I think that's how you got hyperspace madness. But 
Maybe that's not canon. <laughs> I, I've never heard of hyperspace madness. No, oh, that's a thing. And at least in Legends, hyperspace madness is... A, it's like if you stare at hyperspace as it goes by too long, you get hyperspace madness. <laughs> I don't think that made it into canon with, oh. with Disney Star Wars, unfortunately. That's a good one. See, I like that stuff where... Or like when you fall out of hyperspace, but you don't get into real space and you're kind of stuck in that dimension. That's another you know, cool thing that I really like, but uh, I doubt we're going to get that in anything. <laughs> okay. Other well. other than an odd book, but... Right. Yeah, so that's pretty much the whole episode. That's Bad Batch, episode one, Aftermath. I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, the yeah. tone is very well set. The stage is very well set. I love the setting, and I can't wait to see where it ends up. Yeah, I know uh, you already saw it, but I think I might just watch episode two now because I've been holding off because I wanted to discuss episode one first. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it's a little late by the time we're recording right now, but I am e- kind of eager to get a little more Bad Batch, so I might just go for it. <laughs> go for it, man. I, I'm, yeah. I got to edit this episode and get it out for tomorrow. But <laughs> <laughs> little behind the scenes on Roger Roger. Yes, a little behind the scenes. <laughs> we're a bit behind schedule, but we're trying to get these episodes out in a timely fashion to keep up with the Bad Batch, which is dropping episodes every Friday. And we're going to like be... A- a- 3 a.m. I think by us. Uh, I usually watch it later the next day or something, <laughs> but I, I'm excited and uh, it's it's something to look forward to on Disney Plus as well, which it's been a while for me. I, I didn't watch the superhero stuff. Not that I am aware. Oh, like the shows? Yeah, WandaVision and Captain Falcon. It's on my watch list. I'm going to yeah, watch it eventually. I'll, I'll I keep hearing it. good things about it. Yeah, I've heard good things about WandaVision. I haven't really heard much of anything about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But oh, I didn't even know that was out yet. <laughs> it's like all... I meant WandaVision. Yeah, it's totally it's out, and the first season is wrapped up. So, oh wow, I didn't. I'm way off uh, off base there. Yeah. Well. Sorry to any uh, <laughs> cross fans that are very annoyed at us right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very interested. It's just you know, I'm a I'm a Star Wars guy first, and that's why we're here on Roger yeah. Roger. That's a fair, and nobody can blame you for that. Like... <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's Star Wars TV, guys. It's it's exciting. We, we've seen all these superhero things a million billion times. And we've seen a lot of Star Wars stuff too. Well, we've granted, seen Star Wars a million billion times Star, too. Star Wars, but it's is, new. It's different. You know, we're, we're although go- you could say the same about Marvel stuff, but um, we're we're, we're getting, a Star Wars sci-fi podcast. So yeah, exactly. Give, give exactly. us a little break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, we're 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 folk. We aftermath. Right. Episode ends. We're excited. We're fans. Looking forward to episode two. Coming out soon on the Roger well, Roger out. podcast. Well, our episode. Yeah, I know about what you meant. It's coming out soon. Oh, <laughs> we're not great at ending episodes. <laughs> okay. All uh, right. See you next time, everybody. Bye, everybody. Follow us on uh, at Roger Roger Pod on Twitter. But that's going to be a happening place. Yep, yep, yep. Check us out. And uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger.
Roger. 